Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. We are walking through the book of Mark in a series called Who is Jesus? And uh, we touched on Mark chapter 5 last week. We begin Mark chapter 6 this week. Um, Today's going to be a little bit different, though, just a fair warning. I'm going to teach for a few minutes on on the story of Jesus that I think is really pertinent to what we're going to talk about today. And we'll spend a majority of the time uh, sharing some vision for the future of Light Church. Um, We haven't done this in quite a while, but we want to be able just to take some time to share some things with you that we feel God has put on our heart. Before we dive into some of the details and the logistics, I want to just share something from the scriptures just to kind of get our hearts aligned. In Mark chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brothers of, brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives and his own home. He could, do, he, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at the lack of their faith. The story begins with the people being amazed at Jesus coming back to Nazareth and speaking in their synagogue. But the story ends with Jesus being amazed at their lack of faith. Uh, it's, it's interesting to note that there's only two times in all four Gospels where it ever says Jesus is amazed. Think about that. What amazes God? The God who's seen everything and has everything and all power and all authority. There's two moments in all of the Gospels we see Jesus actually amazed. The Greek word, thumazo, which means to marvel or to wonder, to be entranced by something that is truly Uh, Truly marvelous. And both of these times have to do with faith. Mark 6 talks about Jesus being amazed at their lack of faith. The other time is in Luke chapter 7 where he's amazed at the amount of someone's faith. There's a story in Luke 7 verse 1. It says, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant whom his master valued highly was sick. And about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, while soldiers under me. 
I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. And there's that word again, amazed. So the only times Jesus is ever recorded to be amazed in all of his life has to do with our faith. Now, unfortunately, the word faith, as we read it, kind of in our Western context, we translate this as as belief. This idea of kind of a a cognitive recognition of something or kind of this far-fetched idea of hope. But faith in the original language, which we have to be able to wrestle with as far as God's divine meaning, is the Greek word pistis. And pistis is this word that talks about um, our, our belief, but something much more than that. It really is translated best as an allegiance of fully giving yourself over to someone. This is why we see Jesus amazed at the lack of trust and allegiance that was given in his hometown. And then you have this picture of the centurion. And what does he show a picture of? Allegiance and authority and power. He's like, I know how this works. I'm a centurion. I can give people a command and they do what I say. But listen, I also understand your authority. And he's showing right there that the level of his faith wasn't like, I believe you are the Davidic, lying, messianic person. He's just like, you have authority. You're the king. I don't even deserve to be in your presence. Say the word and it will happen. Can you imagine this? The only person in all four gospels that amazed Jesus was a non-Jewish Roman soldier who got the level of strength and authority that Jesus had. It amazed him. Matthew Bates in his book, The Gospel as Allegiance, says this, the key point is that true pistis, right, faith, is not an irrational launching into the void, but a reasonable, action-oriented response grounded in the conviction that God's invisible underlying realities are more certain than any apparent visible realities. I'm just going to say that again. That God's invisible underlying realities are more certain than any apparent visible realities. You see, we, we hear a lot of talk uh, nowadays about the economy, about what's going on in the news, the state of our nation. But simultaneously, there is an there is a reality that's taking place called the kingdom of God. And how we live according to the currents of these two realities says something about our faith. Do we have allegiance to, trust in, belief in what we see, or do we as followers of Jesus pledge our allegiance to his authority and his kingship, his economy, his reality. And Mark 6 calls this church, this church in Rome, to, into a level of faith. Kind of the, the, kind of the best word picture that I've, I've seen is that pistuio or pistis in the Greek, this idea of faith, is if you had a bridge uh, crossing over a large canyon... See, for kind of our English Western understanding, we think that faith is that like we believe that that bridge is there. 
We may even believe that it works. We may even believe that it could get someone across. But pistuio, pistis, faith, has nothing to do with the acknowledgement that it exists. And it only shows up once you have placed your weight on those wood boards as you cross that ravine. That is faith. And it's faith that either has the ability to amaze God or to amaze God at the lack of trust that we put in Him. With that in mind, I, I want to shift gears in our conversation to talk about a couple of things. Number one, what God has done. But secondly, where we feel like God is taking us. Um, we're a four-year-old church. And God has already done more than we could have ever dreamt or thought or asked. But we also strongly believe that the kingdom of God is wanting to continue to advance. And so I wanted to take a moment. We're just going to pause right here. I'm going to invite Jen to join me. And we're just going to share a little bit about where we've come from, but talk a lot about where we feel God is taking our church in the future. Well, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Such a privilege. Um, we are calling this Sunday Future Sunday, and uh, we're going to be talking about what God has next. But before we do that, uh, we want to just take a moment to celebrate all that God has already done. Uh, we some give him of what God has done. True. There's no way we could talk about it's all. Like a piece. We'll talk it's about a piece some. Of it. Um, we really want to emphasize that this is this glory goes to Him that mm-hmm. um, He has truly done. Um, some incredible things. Just want to share some of those with you guys. Just we're going to read you guys a list of just some of the things that have happened over the past four years. Uh, number one, hundreds of people have begun and rekindled relationships with Jesus right here, Light Church. Over a hundred people have made public declarations of faith through baptism at Moonlight Beach. We've started a vibrant. Uh, youth ministry and children's ministry, Youth Encinitas and Young Light, where children are being brought up in the way of Jesus. Um, Forty active open tables have met this year alone through San Diego, averaging 10 to 30 people per group. Uh, One of the initiatives we did is we were able to partner with an organization that paid off the medical debt that was remaining for families living underneath the poverty line in San Diego. So 850 families no longer have medical debt thanks to your generosity. Yeah. Um, Over 500 families' rent was paid to avoid eviction. Um, We've been able to partner with a refugee camp in Mexico called Ciudad de Dios that has housed uh, currently 1,400 refugees, but more that have come and gone. And you guys have provided blankets and shoes and toys. You have helped purchase land to build a school and a community center uh, and soon to be a cafeteria. It's uh, truly uh, one of the best parts of planting the church has been seeing what God has done down there. Yeah, and just beginning the ESL program and um, having trade classes and just building community there has been really special. Every time we're down there, um, it's, it's a community that they're starting to know really well. Yeah. Um, We've had, um, we asked our church a few months ago to help 
provide for relief specifically for an orphanage coming out of Ukraine, and you guys gave and gave generously. Because of that, 200 children were rescued out of Ukraine. One of the orphanages housing 50 of those kids ended up being bombed. I just saw pictures this week of the before and the after, um, and it's haunting. And so thank you guys for doing that. Those children are now safely in Germany. Some of them are literally going to be flying out to be hosted here um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, you guys raised over $200,000 uh, to continue to help the ministry to these children um, while they uh, wait to either go home or see what's next for them in their future. And I think this, this part is really interesting. Um, dozens of families within Light Church have been helped in times of need to receive tangible help and intentional prayer. And I think that's been really special to see. It's gone way beyond like, you know, our staff culture and um, open table leaders. And it's really become something where it just feels like everybody is caring for each other really well and tangibly. And we always hear stories that we didn't, didn't even know had happened. People come and tell us, um, how their community just came around them during hard times. Yeah. And that's just wild and such a testimony of what Jesus is doing. And uh, we're just really grateful. Yeah, that's probably been the hardest thing to quantify is the stories of support and love that we've heard. We've heard hundreds of them. Um, so well done to you guys. And just last thing just to highlight is there have been so many kind of creative and artistic endeavors that have happened. Nonprofits have started um, out of this community the last four years. Um, just a culture of worship and prayer that has been birthed and is continuing to be birthed. Um, all of these things are just snippets of the story that God has told in a really short time. Even in the midst of a pandemic, we have just seen the kingdom of God forcefully advance um, in this city. And it's been an honor. Um, it makes us really excited uh, to be able to talk about um, some things that are going to be coming up in the future of where we sense God leading this church. Um, I wanted to highlight three specific um, actual geographical locations. One is Encinitas, where we're filming this. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly is in Mexico. And then lastly, we want to talk about something new that God's starting in downtown San Diego. Um, so as far as here in Encinitas... Uh, many of you guys know we've been meeting. We have four gatherings right now, two at La Paloma, two in the chapel. Um, one of the things we have found meeting at La Paloma um, has been we have had not enough space for our children's ministry. Um, through a lot of prayer and conversations, we now have the opportunity to build out a new children's ministry space. It'll be the largest classroom that we have, um, as well as kind of redoing the entranceway, um, and then also putting a larger and more secure fence around the perimeter. And our hope for this is that we would be able to um, provide just a really welcoming environment for more kids to be able to come. Uh, families you want to invite to make them feel safe and secure. Um, and we are really, really excited for this new children's space that's going to be developed. Yeah, I think that God's, you know, always provided just enough for there to be an enough space but we always kind of like are feeling like okay but everybody's having babies you know yeah so you know there's this there's this this next space is just being able to provide a little bit more for what God's doing there and just a few ways that we can be intentional 
with that space, um, you know, for our kids. Yeah. We're, so we're excited. We're excited about, in, in the very short future, creating just a more enriching environment, more space for our kids. Um, also, uh, La Paloma, where we meet, you guys know it's almost a 100-year-old theater. Uh, we don't own that space, but we want to be able to just add in to just kind of loving that space. And so there's a couple ideas that we have in doing that as well. Yeah, we just, we're kind of looking at how can we um, just add value to Encinitas and, and La Paloma without us owning it. So we just have a few uh, changes we'd be making to the lobby and to the bathrooms, potentially um, getting the seats restored. So we're just looking forward to slowly being able to pour into La Paloma. Yeah. Uh, next thing we wanted just to highlight is uh, is what's going on in Mexico. This is more and more really become just an extension of who we are. Since so it's just someplace we visit, it's become in Pastor Gustavo's language, just family, like a family of churches. And so uh, we want to continue to come alongside them. And so um, some of you guys have already signed up for the playground build that's happening in July. We're really excited because come August, there will be a fully functional school, Christian school, specifically to bring education and a safe place for refugee children to learn, um, which is so wild. It's such an amazing thing just to even think about. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I asked Pastor Gustavo last time, what's next? Like, what do we do next? And he was talking about, we want to build a cafeteria. Um, and I was asking him about that, and he says, you, you see, the, there's so many people here, and that especially when it gets hot or really cold, they'll eat their food in the church, which is actually where they sleep overnight. And because of that, food might get dropped. And, and so now they're having problems with even um, rats or rodents coming in. There's children laying on the floor. And so he, with a sense of urgency, he's like, we need to build a cafeteria yeah. uh, to do that. And so to be able to come alongside him in this next project after the school is developed, we feel is like of utmost importance and an honor to be able to partner uh, with him in that. And even as we've begun to voice that, we've started having people wanting to participate in that. And so, yeah, if... Um, Pouring into that is going to be really one of our next initiatives with Mexico. Yeah, and 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 beyond just the physical buildings, it's the it's the acts of service, the culture, the programs that are being built. ESL just launched, which is so amazing this week. Yeah, so we keep are, getting all these pictures yeah, of all these so ESL amazing. classes, and all the kids are um, just so eager to learn. And it's been incredible. Yeah, there should be a, a, just a, even a visual on the screen of just kind of an architectural rendering of Ciudad de Dios, this place that will literally be a little city of God um, in this valley in Tijuana where people can come and receive care, love, and the gospel of Jesus. Um, and the last thing I want to talk to you guys about, and this is really huge for us, is a brand new future for Light Church in downtown San Diego. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, for the last few years, especially as the church has grown, uh, we've talked about our strategy as a church is to really plant churches. Um, and there's currently conversations we're having right now with people within Light Church and what that looks like. But a few months ago, an opportunity was presented to us um, that really made us um, just stop and start to um, evaluate, is this something God is asking us to be a part of? 
It wasn't something that was going to be brand new. It was actually going to be coming alongside of something that God's been doing in downtown for seven years. Um, so a lot of you guys probably know uh, Mark and Bethany Wymore. Mark's led worship. Bethany preached on Mother's Day. Uh, and they planted Soul Church uh, seven years ago. And because of uh, some of the health crisis that Mark has been going through, unfortunately, um, they've had to step down uh, at the beginning of this year. And, uh, and the work at Soul has been really amazing uh, that we've been able to see um, really, even before it began, mm-hmm. Mark and Bethany being friends of ours, and yeah, uh, they've been we've been friends with them for twenty years. Our daughters are best friends, mm-hmm. and we, um, yeah, in this in this season when we were asked what it would what it would look like to potentially have Soul Church become a light church, um, and. It was really humbling because we have been so ministered to by the Wymores. It would just be so humbling to be able to um, honor all the seeds they've planted and sown in San Diego and to see what God has from here. Yeah. So when we were asked um, by um, our pastor, Mark Slomka, our denomination, to pray about this, it felt probably even what your kind of things, just all sorts of questions popped into our head. Like, mm-hmm. how is that even possible? Yeah. We love what God is doing up here. We don't want that to be taken away from, um, you know, how, how would logistically this work out? And, and so we just began to just start processing that. I remember the next morning I woke up in an Electio Divina, I opened up to Exodus 33 and uh, was reading that. And, and Yahweh and Moses are having a conversation about this new land that they would go into. And Moses pleads with him. He says, please, if your presence doesn't go before us, please don't send us. And I remember just sitting at our kitchen table just being like, yes, that is, that yeah. is the prayer. And when God responds, he responds with two statements. He says, my presence will go before you and I will give you rest. And when, those, when I read those two sentences, there were tears coming in my eyes and sharing it with Jen. I'm just like, if this is God, would the things that he promised to Moses, would those two things be true of us? And so the last few months, we started a discernment process, inviting our council and our staff, some of our spiritual mentors to be a part of, uh, looking through those two lenses. Do we sense God's presence? Yeah. And do we sense rest? Um, and so long story short, and it is quite a long story, <laughs> is everything, everything has fit into those two things. We have... We have sensed God's presence in very clear ways. Um, everything from a complete stranger speaking to us about a spiritual baby that we would birth to not pregnant, um, not not. Yeah, I was a spiritual baby. Uh, uh, to just lots of peace and confirmation. To every single time we'd come up what we thought might be a hurdle, it was just rest. It was peace, um, and so out of this kind of step of faith and this kind of new season. I want to kind of just share about like how we feel that would this would actually happen and how this is actually going to play out. Uh, the first thing is uh, there's 
the last Sunday in June, the first Sunday in July are going to be the last two Sunday gatherings for Soul Church before they enter into also a season of rest. After talking with the staff and talking with the team, we really feel like it's important for them to just have some time to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting, it's also coming on the heels of seven years as a church, which is a biblical time frame for a sabbatical time, just to be able to be like, okay, let's see what God is doing new. Um, And during that time of rest, it gives us a chance to uh, get to know that team, to get to know the city, to start coming alongside what God's doing, and also to develop a pastoral team that will primarily be in the city. Uh, I know some of the questions will be like, what does that mean for here and what you guys are used to? And to be honest, probably not that much of a difference um, based on kind of how much I'm speaking, how much we're up here. That probably won't shift a lot. Uh, but we are developing a pastoral team that will be in downtown. We yeah. will still be present uh, down there, downtown for as a leadership level and kind of kind of a big picture pastoral level. I speak there from time to time. Um, but really, that will we will develop a team to launch that, and that will be launching um, in the fall. Uh-huh. And so. Another part of this equation, as we kind of launch that in September with this new pastoral team, is there is also um, a part of us stepping alongside this church is they also purchased a building. So maybe you can kind of just share about where that's at, what's that like, and kind of what the vision is for that. Yeah. Um, about two years ago, the Wymores, um, who started Soul Church, worked really hard with the Foursquare denomination to buy this building. Um, it's been in the permitted permitting process, um, but we're going to be able to bring some restoration and redemption to this space. So it will be the physical home of Light Church probably in around a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but our vision for it is that it would be a creative space and um, that, you know, it could be somewhat of a cultural arts center slash church slash just we just see a lot of um beauty coming out of that space and seeing redemption in people's lives and people coming to know jesus there and so yeah that's going to be an endeavor that we have there should be some images you can see on your screen too of what that's going to look like um again not all of it but some of it it's it's a really incredible space and part of the unique opportunity is that the permitting, the design, and even the kind of the initial build-out um, is already kind of funded uh, through through the denomination and some certain things. Um, so they've really asked Light Church to come alongside and steward that. So we'll launch in the fall um, and find kind of a temporary home for the next year, year and a half. But after that time, we'll be able to step foot into this incredible 20,000 square foot building in kind of South Bankers Hill um, that we hope is just an incredible safe refuge and at the same time kingdom um, presence in that city. And um, it's going to be incredible. So I'm excited for that. And we know that that's... We got to show the Augie video. Yeah. So check this out. We're going to pause right now. You got to watch a video of our son uh, when he walks into Wait, the space this is for a the moment. first time. This is a moment because... You know, I romanticize all the things. I'm like, you know, I'm going to set this thing up. Like, we're going to go in there. We're going to get out our guitars. And we're going to, like, lay a blanket out, light a candle, and just, like, have this moment with Jesus, you know? Um, but my daughters were like, oh, it's dirty. It's messy. And yeah. I have my bag of, like, it's journals gu- it's and right all now. the things. 
like, oh, I don't, you know, like they're just like looking around like, oh, there's a lizard. Like, let's get out of here. True story. Um, but then, and I was like, okay, my moment, my like moment that we were going to have with God, like didn't quite, it, it's looking different. Um, but then I, we turned around and Augie's reaction, he started to sing this big old song. And uh, he says, this is going to be some church. So yeah. check out the video. I kind of ruined it. But at least mm -hmm. you, know, you know what he's saying right there. Yep. This is going to be some church. Yep. This is going to be some church. Let's not put it in It's called a bug. So talking about what God's doing new here in Encinitas, in Mexico, and in downtown, um, we, as we're looking at that as pastors and as people part of this community, um, we wanted to invite you um, to partner with us. Um, this whole experience of Light Church has already been like bigger than what we have dreamt, but we feel like God's saying like, dream bigger. Like there's more that God wants to do. And we know that that doesn't happen just because we say so. It happens when a community of people say yes to Jesus, respond, like we talked about, in faith. That we as a church would have faith that would amaze Jesus. Trust in him that he would do that. And we're just kind of highlighting four ways we would love for you to consider partnering with us. Um, number one, and the reason why it's number one is we believe it's most important, is that we would pray. And not just pray like, oh yeah, I'll pray and you don't do it. Like, pray with us. Please. Um, please, yes. Like, mark it on your phone. Set an alert. Um, write about it in your Lectio Divina journal. Join uh, um, our prayer groups or um, the kind of the prayer room we're going to be doing here in the chapel this summer. Uh, whatever that does, just commit yourself that, Lord, you are doing something in this next season through this local church. Would you come breathe on it and do something amazing? And so invite you to pray. Second thing is that you pray about how you can maybe serve um, at any of these locations, um, whether it's serving here in Encinitas uh, with the children's ministry or something else that's going on in an open table, uh, serving in Mexico, whether it's through ESL or Christian Surfers or the construction builds, um, or, or maybe even serving downtown. Maybe you live closer to the city and you've been commuting um, back and forth and you're like, I, I, it's actually be a blessing if I'd be able to go down there. Yeah. And maybe you don't even live close to the city, but you're like, I feel God calling me to that. Yeah. Um, that you'd consider you coming alongside. We're building brand new teams that are going to be launching this fall and we need people who are ready to come alongside what God is doing here. Yeah. Um, so just lean into what God has called you. It could be in any of these areas or something we're not even bringing up. Um, and the last two things is number one is we would encourage you to give rhythmically. And by rhythmically, it's setting up a pattern in your life. The same way we talk about reading your Bible daily, praying continually, is that giving would be about something that you do regularly. For the Bible, they set this up as a tithe or a first fruits. Um, and so if you've never done that, you've been a part of this church for a while, um, again, if you're part of another church, great, give there. But if this is your church and you really believe in the future that God is painting for this church, I would encourage you in your own discipleship to Jesus to begin to trust him with your finances, not just when it's convenient, not even out of impulse, but really as a rhythm and as a practice of your life that you sow into the ministry. So if you've never done that before, it's really easy. You can just go to the giving tab on our website, lightsandiego.com. 
And there's different options. You can give a one-time gift, but you can also set up just reoccurring giving and just making this like, okay, I, I know for me, I'm not that organized. Um, and so that's how we have it set up as our family is that twice yeah. a month, that 10% of our income sows into what we believe God is doing through this community. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last part, beyond just kind of giving rhythmically, is that there are certain times in our life we feel that God invites us to, to sow beyond the, that regular giving in a generous way. Um, we know that that's unique to each person, the amount and what they give to. Uh, we highlighted three things today. And maybe God stirred your heart. And we just want to ask you to pray in faith. God, are you asking me to sow into what you're doing here? Whether that's um, what's happening here in Encinitas and the expansion of our children's ministry and the care for La Paloma. Mm -hmm. uh, that if you want to sow into that, you can just click on La Paloma Love under giving. If you want to sow into what God is doing in Mexico, you can go in there and any tab you click, 100% of what you give will go directly to that. And you can give into the incredible, compassionate ministries that are happening there. Um, and if it's downtown, if you want to sow into the new team that we're having to hire and bring on, the renovation that's going to be going on in the building, or anything that's just sowing into God's work in downtown, uh, you can do that as well. Uh, but we, we believe God wants to do something beautiful, but we can't do it on our own. It needs to be done together. So join us in prayer, in serving, and giving regularly, and praying if God would ask you just to sow above and beyond that uh, to what God wants to do here in Mexico or in downtown. So, good. so anything else? Anybody? No. So, uh, and I mean this, it has been the joy <laughs> of our hearts getting to be a part of this community. Yeah. Um, we have, I don't know if you've ever been so excited about what's next and so humbled yeah. by what's already happened. Um, we just... It just feels like God is up to something so special. Yeah. And we know that not just kind of in some hypothetical way. We know that because he's been so faithful. And he's done such incredible things um, through you guys and yeah. in this community. And we just want to say, yes, more of that, Lord. Yeah. More of that. And, so. and I think, you know, I was thinking back to, this is going to be uber cheesy. Maybe we'll cut it out. Um, <laughs> I was thinking back before we started dating, we like had this dandelion and, and we were like, it's so cheesy, it's but good. like we need cheesy, yeah. you know, cheese is Bring it on. And we were like, you know, oh, maybe you'll be more embarrassed because it's a little, whatever, it's fine. Um, i used to it. But we, we blew out this dandelion. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. The things. And um, we were like, if it's not God's will, like, we don't want it, you know? Like, God, if this is from you, then we'll step into this. And we've, we've felt that along the way as, you know, opportunities and things have come. We're not just looking for, like, more and more, you know, like, mm. what is God, you know, like, you know, bigger or broader or, but just intentionally going, we're listening, God, and we you are you are worth us laying down our lives for what you want to do and if this is a part of that then we want to be a part of it and so i think it's um as you hear our heart and as you hear just even the expansion and things that are happening our deep prayer is that there's more intentionality that there's more 
um, small, intimate moments where God is bringing restoration and redemption to people's hearts and lives. Yeah, and that, I love that you stopped to point that out. I think that is important um, for you to know that um, Jen and I approach ministry in a unique way, that the idea of bigger often is not attractive to us. Um, the idea of smaller is. And um, I remember the beginning of the year, we did a sermon on stewardship. And God is challenging me personally, like stewardship is not about 10%, it's about 100%. It's about my life isn't my own. And um, a lot of you guys know on the Enneagram, I'm a type nine. I like peace, things to be controlled. And I felt God personally challenged me. He's like, hey, your life isn't your own. So what if I want to do something through your life that goes beyond your comfort zone, beyond what you would feel most natural doing? And I remember that kind of speaking, like, Lord, what, is, what does that even mean? And, and here we find ourselves in this place, and it's not scary. It's, it's very beautiful, but it's very much like, okay, God, it's a sense of surrender yeah. that we would be stewards. Like, Lord, if, if this has become something and it's taken a direction um, that we would have never even gone naturally, but it's you, then, like, let's yeah. go. Let's, let's be a part of that. And so, and we're just here for the, the God stories of just, like, mm. man, these, uh, taking these, thing, these moments that are these big, feels like risky steps of faith and going, like, yes. Yeah. Like, that's what we're all about. We're not, we're not scared. Even when we, we gave, our, gave our yes, it was, like, there was so much peace around it because God was speaking so specifically yeah to both of us um, that this is what we were supposed to give our yes to. Yeah. And God has just been, it's like so often, you know, it's terrifying to take a step of faith before you have all the answers and before you know what's going to happen. And we did that with light in the beginning. It was like this, you know, kind of like terrifying step of faith, you know. But um, I don't know. There's, there's been so, there's so much peace wrapped around when God has spoken so clearly yeah. um, that yeah. you just know, like, great, then God, you got to show up and you got to do your thing. And it's by your strength and it's for your glory. And mm. this is, this is going to be special because it's your kingdom and we're humbled yeah. by, the, by the opportunity. Yeah. So let me pray and, um, and invite you, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, um, you join in the prayer um, because that's the foundation of everything um, that we've been talking about today. And that we would pray with whatever faith we have, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, that God would continue to bring his kingdom here in San Diego as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And that Light Church would be one of the vehicles he uses in that and that he would use it in a big and redemptive and beautiful way. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that our life belongs to you. We've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And Lord, I pray that that would be true of every person a part of this community. Lord, that it would be this communal saying, Lord, we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer we who live, this church who lives, 
But God, you live through us, God, that you continue to move your purpose and your kingdom, Lord Jesus. And so I pray for the future of Light Church. We know it's just, it's a sliver of what you're doing in the Capital City Church. But God, for this community, Lord, that you would be able to take the five loaves and two fishes we're offering you, and would you just multiply it? Yes, Lord. And God, I pray that the multiplication, Lord Jesus, would look like lives transformed, God, souls redeemed, Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus, people rescued out of darkness, or God, marriages mended and restored. Yes, Lord. Lord God, people um, illuminated, Lord Jesus, their calling, Lord Jesus, their purpose. And God, we pray for Encinitas, downtown San Diego, and Tijuana, Mexico, Lord Jesus, that the light of Christ, Lord, would continue to advance, Lord Jesus, and that through your powerful Holy Spirit, God, the darkness would diminish. Thank you for inviting us to be a part of your work. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.